Hello everyone, welcome to Narcissism Recovery Podcast, produced by the Magnolia Healing Center. I'm your host, Yitz Epstein. In this podcast, we will be delving into topics related to narcissistic abuse, codependency, childhood wounds, childhood trauma, mental illness, and all things narcissism. The purpose of this podcast is to bring widespread awareness and healing to the global epidemic of narcissism and codependency. It is my hopes that with this podcast, we can collectively create an environment of health and healing for you, the individual, and for the world at large. Let's begin. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode. Today, we're going to be discussing living consciously in an unconscious world. So we're going to be discussing some of the pitfalls that occur when we are trying to become conscious, when we are on the road to enlightenment, when we are on our growth journey. We're going to talk about how to live with people around us who may not be interested in our growth and our healing and themselves becoming more conscious. And, and finally, I'm going to offer some tips on how to deal with those who do not support your growth and how to maintain focus and live awake in a world that is largely fast asleep. To begin, I want to suggest a book that has helped me immensely learn how to navigate being on a growth journey towards my highest potential, uh, regardless of what those around me are doing, what they're feeling, and their opinions of my process. And this book is called The Map of Consciousness Explained by Dr. David Hawkins. I'm going to share it below in the description section, uh, a link to purchase this book. Dr. David Hawkins, in this book, explains how he has a map of consciousness, which is a chart of the different frequencies or energy levels that exist at each state of consciousness. So at a low state of consciousness, a person is in total shame, and this calibrates on his scale at a very low number, but anywhere between zero and 20. And as you go up the consciousness scale, you'll pass guilt, which is above shame, uh, you'll pass despair, regret, uh, and then you'll come to courage, which is about halfway up the scale, and that is at 200. Towards the top of the map, you'll find things like love, which calibrate at 500, peace at 600, finally at the top of the scale. You'll have enlightenment, which calibrates at the highest possible frequency, anywhere between 700 and 1,000. So Dr. David Hawkins describes that about 80 plus percent of the world's population is holding at a state of consciousness that is below 200, so below courage. And most people are living in a consciousness, a frequency of shame, guilt, fear, apathy, grief, and despair. He says that very few, if any, are actually enlightened. So if you're on the growth journey, if you're trying to raise your consciousness, you're going to be in the minority. And you will most usually face this struggle to, to basically feel supported and maintaining that high state of consciousness, that high vibration with people around you who are not necessarily uh, supporting you. You know, other people are, are going to affect our vibration. And unless we have the ability to maintain that vibration, have a strong support, and we have, a, let's say, a strong spiritual practice, it's going to take a lot of effort to maintain that higher state of consciousness. So now let's talk about some of the pitfalls that occur when we are on the growth journey, when we're on the healing journey, and the journey towards the highest frequency, towards enlightenment. The first, one of the first and major pitfalls is our family and friends of origin. So those who we were raised with, we're going to most usually want to maintain a lifelong relationship with. These are some of our closest relationships and some of our longest relationships. And the issue with this is that chances are that those in your family of origin and those who you grow up with are not going to choose the pathway to growth and to healing, or at least not necessarily at the same time as you are. And your pathway will inevitably shake up whatever family system you were raised in. And most usually that's going to cause all the participants to try to guilt and shame you and pull you 
into staying put and contributing to the homeostasis of the family unit. So because of this reason, it may be very necessary to set strong boundaries to protect yourselves from family and friends who are unsupportive and oftentimes will need to let go of the fear of being a disappointment and upsetting other people who disapprove of your specific pathway. The next pitfall we run into is fear, specifically the fear of letting go or trusting or fear of the unknown. So the pathway to enlightenment and growth is a pathway that is led by our intuition and our higher self. We can't necessarily know the pathway ahead of time and only by letting go, being vulnerable and trusting our higher self can we really go in the direction of our highest growth. So fear of the unknown and of letting go and, and, and trusting these forces to lead us to trust its guidance can become very difficult. And this is especially the case if we have, let's say, defense mechanisms, if we have wounds, and if we have a hard time letting go and trusting, these are usually issues that stem back from traumatic childhoods and past wounding experiences. Uh, the next pitfall is negative and false core beliefs or limiting self-beliefs and attitudes. So when we're raised in childhood with false programs, when we live in a false paradigm of existence that stem from parents who themselves were unconscious and ultimately just gave us their programming, we're gonna have a hard time letting go of these. These are our family of origin programs and they're deeply rooted in our psyche. So these programs in essence are our fundamental truths that we were told or maybe we came to conclusions based on what we experienced and we come to believe their validity and their truth regardless of how actual truthful they are. And beliefs and programs may include Let's say things like our religion or our spiritual affiliation is the only way to live. You know, others can't be trusted. Uh, God is an unloving and punishing God. Beliefs such as I'm not worthy or I'm not lovable along those lines. So if we do not challenge, dismantle, and shift out of these old ways of thinking, if we don't let go of these old beliefs and false narratives, then we won't be able to uh, accept new information and ultimately use that information to grow, to expand our consciousness and to heal. The next one is fear of abandonment and fear of being alone. So this is a very big one and it's very common. If we struggle to be alone, we'll have a very hard time going inward and facing ourselves without the need for validation and approval from outside of ourself. So ex exploring yourself can lead to a, most usually will lead to a painstaking, but often very necessary existential aloneness, one that is oftentimes referred to as dark night of the soul. So this experience is where most people back down, especially if they have that fear of abandonment, if they fear being by themselves, fear of being alone, and uh, if they don't necessarily trust themselves alone, and they'll usually stop their, their healing journey. So it takes tremendous courage and uh, the ability to face those fears, those fears of abandonment, and ultimately keep going. The next pitfall is playing the victim. Now, it is extremely common for people who are victimized to play the victim. And ultimately, this would most usually be the default because, because they have been victimized and they are victims. So... The opposite of playing the victim is to take responsibility. So taking responsibility for one's existence, going inward and healing is exhausting. It takes a ton of work, takes a ton of courage and playing the victim and uh, after being victimized is very attractive and ultimately it's the easier choice. The thing about it is, is that when we do so, when we do play the victim, we effectively keep ourselves perpetually stuck without the ability to, to grow, to expand and to reach our full potential. The next pitfall is false and fraudulent healers. These are people who are looking to profit off of the unaware, the unconscious, and, and the wounded. And these are people who promise salvation, but don't necessarily promote self-healing and independence. Uh, and this is a very big one. People who are false and fraudulent healers oftentimes sound very good. They're usually very popular, 
<clears throat> excuse me, they have a strong message. And in many instances, you don't really know that they're fraudulent until you are finally duped. Um, and it's so important to be mindful of healers who promote themselves as specialness, as if they have some sort of specialness to them. Um, because ultimately speaking, and this is what David Hawkins, Dr. David Hawkins says, is that healing is an individual thing and we can all access the unconditional love and guidance from our higher self inwardly. So if a, if a healer does not bring you to yourself and create independence because uh, and that allows you to ultimately trust yourself and be your own healer, then this is usually a sign of a false and fraudulent and oftentimes spiritually narcissistic uh, narcissistic uh, guru or healer. And the next is the next uh, pitfall is is feeling guilty and feeling responsible for other people's healing. Here's the thing, you cannot heal other people and you cannot change other people. And it's very common, especially for codependent, that we, we feel guilty or we feel responsible for other people and their healing. And oftentimes it comes from a good intention of trying to fix or save people. Um, this, however, is, is extremely exhausting and it uses precious resources that are important to use for yourself. So being selfish in this way is not actually indeed selfish, it's, it's being responsible for your own stuff doing your own healing work. And you know, each person has their journey and it's their journey alone to take. And you can influence people, you can guide them, you can hold space for them, you could even lead them, but only them and them alone with their ability to make choices can really bring them to a place of self-awareness and enlightenment. And the final pitfall that occurs when we're on this pathway to enlightenment is attaching to an outcome. So according to David Hawkins, he explains that there's really only two things that we're in charge of. And one of them is our intention, and the other is our ability to uh, put in effort or our actions. And the, out the outcome is ultimately not up to us. So when we are attaching to an outcome, it's usually because we have a fear of letting go, we have a fear of the unknown, and this is usually coming from ego. Becoming enlightened and, and growing and growing on that growth journey, it demands the suspension of ego, and it, needs, uh, it requires us to let go and allow that universe, allow the higher self, allow our intuition to, to guide us, which takes humility and ultimately will oftentimes cause our ego to, to, to die, and that's very scary. So if we are attaching to an outcome, if we're attaching to things in general, to people, then we're gonna have a hard time letting go, and ultimately we're gonna, have a, we're gonna feel stuck, and we're not gonna be able to necessarily uh, take that pathway to enlightenment. So what to do with people around you who are unconscious, who refuse to face themselves and take responsibility for their healing and, and growing. So the first step is to let go of judging people who are less aware and who are less conscious. Essentially, when we judge people, we are just feeding our, our spiritual ego's sense of superiority. In reality, we are no different than the people we judge. The goal is to understand and have compassion for people who have not taken the pathway that we are on. Now it's important to show that compassion and have an understanding for them, realizing that they are, on some level, we were where they were. So to judge them is to simply, uh, to simply pull ourselves into their, their frequency, their karmic realm, and that just keeps us stuck in lower vibrations. So it really does nothing for anybody to judge. It's understanding and compassion that allows us to accept where people are on their journey, and, and ultimately this allows us also to maintain our higher vibration, our higher frequency. The next thing is, like I mentioned, don't try to change people or convince people to wake up. It's important to do what you can to accept them as they are for where they're holding. You know, everyone, everyone will wake up and everyone wakes up when they are ready, maybe not this lifetime. It's a, it's a waste of, of precious energy and resources to do this. And like I mentioned before, while it does come from a good place most usually, it's gonna just keep us depleted and, and vibrationally low. And the goal for us is to focus on the growth and if we do wanna influence people and change their lives, uh, we can ultimately lead by example. It's so important to control what you can, 
you know, which is your reactions, your intention, and the effort, like we mentioned, and then the direction that you want to go with your life. And other people will most usually be inspired by your life and the light that you shine far more effectively than trying to convince them and trying to bully them or, or manipulate them to, to do the healing work. The next tip is to protect yourself and your energy and to set boundaries. It is not good spiritual hygiene to allow other people full access of your energy all the time, everywhere. You know, protecting your energy by taking up space and maybe developing a routine, a spiritual routine or spiritual practices such as meditation and even prayer can assure that you are maintaining that higher level state of consciousness and ultimately you're not gonna get pulled down to lower states of those around you. And if you are someone who has to be around people uh, who are lower conscious, it's important to have those routines in place and ultimately create space for yourself so you can protect your energy and assure that you don't get affected um, by those individuals who are at a lower vibration. Next tip is to use your triggers to heal. And this is something I, I reflect back to people who are victims of narcissists, uh, narcissistic abuse, is that when a narcissistic abuser is trying to trigger you or trying to get, manipulate you or use your insecurities uh, against you, you know, it's important to, to use that to further your healing by allowing that trigger to come up to process it and release it. So on some level, we can use the narcissist to actually help us heal. And by us deciding how we want to respond and what to do when our pain is activated, that's how we take our power back, you know, and assure that that healing actually does happen instead of, let's say, playing the victim, like, oh, I can't actually control anything. You know, I'm a victim of a narcissist. Well, in reality, you can do something because you can take responsibility for the, the wound that's coming up through that trigger. Next tip is to be present and to practice present moment awareness. This is extremely important and huge. When you are present, you are fully protected by the unconditional love that exists in the present moment. In essence, you are secure and you are grounded and in many ways, you're kind of untouchable. And in many instances, when you have to be around people who are unconscious, let's say you have to go to work or you have to be around family of origin who are unconscious, by practicing present moment awareness through let's say mindfulness or even breath work, this can be a game changer as it allows you to continue to tap in to that present moment, which is the highest vibration, the present moment of unconditional love. Uh, and you maintain, you're able to maintain your higher states of consciousness regardless of who is around you and, and what is actually uh, going on around you, uh, the, the negative energies that are, that are you're being surrounded by. The next thing to do is to pay attention to, to our anger. You know, anger is usually coming from a feeling of others not understanding who we are and other people not seeing us or validating us. Now, here's the thing. People who are unconscious, who are not interested in growing, cannot hold space for you and they most usually are not necessarily trying to, to cause you harm. And again, unawareness, unconsciousness, if we can see people who are doing things from a state of pain and from a place of unawareness and unconsciousness, it takes away that, uh, that judgment. So in this instance, what we wanna do is have compassion and realize that you know, we too were unaware at one point and it allows us to let go of the judgments and, and ultimately pra practice accepting people for where they are and where they're holding on, on their journey. So it's very uh, natural to get upset and frustrated and even angry when people don't validate us, especially our family of origin, who we want them, them to accept us. But ultimately, some people, they, they can't accept us because they're just not, they can't hold space for us. They're not, they're not on that growth and that healing journey at all. So important to let go of outcomes. Like I mentioned a little bit earlier, a little bit earlier there's really nowhere to go and there's nowhere uh, you know, we have to be. In essence, it's about who we are becoming. Growth, self-actualizing, it's about becoming you. It's becoming the best version of yourself. So when we attach to an outcome, like I mentioned, we're coming from ego. 
So we need to let go of this, this urge to get somewhere on our spiritual journey or to have something or to become something, um, which, you know, when we allow the natural healing process to unfold, we will become our highest self because ultimately the journey to health, to happiness, to, to, to the, uh, the higher vibration is, it, vibrations is essentially just a journey inward to becoming your most authentic self. The next tip is to own your darkness. We all have darkness, and that doesn't mean you are negative or bad or shameful. You know, it's important to work with our shadows. Having a dark side doesn't also make you less awake or less aware. In fact, it's specifically by embracing our shadows and honoring them and integrating them that we are able to become fully self-aware, whole, and enlightened. Finally, focus on yourself. Uh, this is a big one. Uh, the journey is your journey and your journey alone. Nobody else can go on it for you and nobody else can, can, can do it. it. It is yours. So only you can really do that dark night of the soul that I mentioned. And this is why it is lonely. And, and it's a, it's a, that being said, it, it's a necessary loneliness. And in order to truly explore the depths of your soul, sometimes we need everything to fall away. And this is really what happens oftentimes. There is a breakdown in life and everything that you've come to know is true. Everything that you were leaning on to give you security gets pulled out from under you. And then we feel completely, entirely, eternally alone in the universe. And this is obviously very painful. But when we are in that space, that is really how we truly explore ourself, our soul, and the eternity that is within. So to finish off, the way I see it is the single most important thing in life, if you ask me, is growth. Now, the universe does not send you what you want. It sends you people and situations to help you grow. So a narcissist, in essence, is uh, on some level a, gr a, a growth partner. And, and really, it's a teacher who is there to teach you important lessons. It's, it's not a punishment. You know, nothing is. It's just a response to, uh, to a deep inner desire to become more of what you are and to grow into your full potential. So to play the victim in that instance, uh, where we are in a narcissistic relationship, is to really miss the entire point of the struggle of life, which in essence is to self-actualize, which really brings us the most, the most happiness and, and fulfillment. Every single situation, every person in our life is there to assist us in our growth process. So it's so important, instead of saying, hey, why is this happening to me? You know, I feel like such a victim. It, it, the important thing is to ask, what is this teaching me? You know, the former causes us to feel, feel helpless and, and like a victim, and the latter ultimately gives us our power back by opening us up to the message and the lesson that will ultimately assist us in our growth. And people, as I see it, are not good or bad. They are simply aware or unaware, conscious or unconscious. And just because we are ahead of somebody in the growth doesn't mean somebody behind us or, or lower than us is, is bad. It's simply a development. So it's very common to feel alone and profoundly misunderstood and feel invalidated. And, and oftentimes we feel gaslit by the people who are telling us that our reality is not, is not real. But it's important that you become your own sort of validation system and really find people who can help you feel seen and heard, people who themselves are on that growth journey with you as well. And this may not be your family of origin. And, and this may not be the people you want it to be, your friends. And, um, and ultimately, they may not support us. And, and we may resent them. We may be angry at them we may, that they rejected us and they're not accepting us. But you know, ultimately, they're not choosing growth. When it comes to family, you know, the family, as I see it, are people who support you. Now, the, the popular expression, your vibe attracts your tribe, really lends to this concept that those who support you are not always blood relatives, but oftentimes there are people who just accept you and are joyous for your inner journey to wholeness, to happiness, and, and ultimately the fulfillment that comes by becoming your best 
self. So in some instances, and this is really unfortunate for many people, is that they do have to walk away from their family of origin, from people who they were close to, and, and go no contact. And the way I see it is, is that the most important thing is your growth and to protect that process, the fragility of it. And if someone does not support your growth, you have every right to walk away. And, and in some cases, you may need to walk away. Uh, and this might be extremely necessary, specifically in the case of a narcissistic perpetrator. So for those who don't know, I actually have gone no contact with my family of origin. Uh, this was about six years ago. And a lot of people asked me why. I had close friends and people questioning my decision. And at the end of the day, my response was, I didn't walk away from them, I walked towards myself because I needed to protect my energy, I needed to protect myself and uh, those close to me who were growing and were on a pathway to growth. And it wasn't about hurting people, it wasn't intentional to, to get back at those who wounded me, but rather it was about um, identifying that in order for me to grow to my full potential, sometimes I had to let go of people who were simply not, not supportive. And um, at this point in time, it's just compassion that I have for people who don't wanna choose growth, who are stuck, and ultimately can't really experience the, the benefits and the fulfillment that comes from going inward, facing yourself and doing the healing work. So if you are trying to evolve, you're trying to heal and you feel alone and you feel misunderstood, you feel rejected, this is so common and it, it's so important to find people around you who can support you, a friend, a colleague, a, a therapist, a healer, somebody who gets you and can hold space for you so you could um, so you can do this work because if not, then we end up uh, getting upset at people. We're trying to manipulate people to, to see us or love us and get things from the outside world. In reality, the things we are looking for are inward. And when we go inward and we find those answers, we find the medicine, the healing energy that really enlivens us and allows us to really fuel our life with, with an incredible passion and love and joy. So if this is something you're struggling with, then it'd be an absolute honor to guide you on this process um, towards enlightenment, towards healing, towards growth. If you are interested in working with me directly, my email is yitzyitz at magnoliahealingcenter.com. You can reach me by phone, 818-210-6049. I want to thank you all so much for joining me for today's episode. Until next time, all the best.